Hi, everybody. It's Brian Davis here. This is Longhorn Confidential. Longhorn Confidential is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. I'm here with Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles once again as we enter into another week. Texas is 6-3, and three, coming off of a uh, very thrilling win over Kansas State. Once again, it comes down to the Cameron Dickers' right foot. Second time in the last three games, he hits a game-winning field goal at the buzzer. Texas 27, K-State 24, and uh, said, start with you. The Bevos, they absolutely had to have it. They absolutely got it. And now they've got some momentum going into two big-time road games. This team is still alive for the Big 12 championship game. Brian, their goals are still ahead of them. How many times have we heard of that one? <laughs> Yeah, Their I think it's goals a, I think it's a lie. are still ahead of them. Oh, you because they had a goal of winning a national championship. You're saying, Doug? Don't, if you're a Texas, don't you have to have that goal? Yeah, but they've won like what four in in like 50 years. Well, I'm just saying, how I many Michigan won? You know, I mean, if you're Texas, national championship has to be your goal every year. Otherwise, they hire the wrong coach. But they can still win the Big 12 title. Well, that goes without saying, but I'm just saying. But their CFP hopes yeah. are are gone. We know that. Yeah, but they're saying our goals are still I said intact. It. I said it. They didn't say well, it. Well, I think they probably have said it, and I just think that's BS. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Based on what happened uh, at, at Royal Memorial Stadium and based on what happened in Tuscaloosa, Texas versus Alabama in the Sugar Bowl is going to happen. Well... It's probably not because oh, must, uh, my, my, is it dreaming too big? Well, the Big Twelve's not going to get in the CFP. Probably that's true, right? Well, and I don't so know. the champion goes if, to the, the Sugar Bo- Bowl. If the Boomers run the run the table, they're not getting in, Duxter. With one loss, I don't think so. I mean, well, look at this game. They lost Iowa State by one. They're not winning impressively. I actually, for, you know, I actually forgot about that. I actually forgot about that Oklahoma. Um, you're right. You're right, Doug. Oklahoma in the Big yeah. 12 is going to get shut out. Well, I think it's going to be Clemson, Ohio State, the SEC champion, and then, you know, maybe another SEC team or uh, a Big 10 team or Utah-Oregon winner because that would be a champion. Now, if Oklahoma has to win the championship, then they could be 12-1. and one. But, you know, you're beating Iowa State by one. You're denying a two-point conversion. Clemson and only beat Mac by a couple of points. You did, and that's why they weren't in the CFP top four, you know, last week, which I thought was good. You know, and last year shouldn't mean anything. You think Minnesota's got a chance? They won the Big Ten. They got. They got to beat Ohio State. If they beat Ohio State, yes. If they go thirteen and zero, win the Big Ten. When do they play Ohio State? Will Chase Young be back by then? Well, who knows? You know, most people are thinking he might just sit two games because mm-hmm. they're appealing. So I, I mean, think they're like you, like you guys said. I think they're just too many unbeaten teams right yeah, now, I think and too so many one loss teams with better resumes, right. like an Alabama. No, you right. would, would be ahead of OU. Now Minnesota and Baylor can both get there if they just went out, because that means they're conference champions and they're undefeated. And then that you means know. that Baylor beat OU twice, which right. is very impressive. Right, and, and probably that means, that means Alabama would be out, and which then, would be lovely. And then the OU Baylor loser, if it keeps that way. 
you know, uh, one would go to the uh, Sugar, Bowl. Sugar Bowl, and the other one probably go to the Alamo Bowl. But that so also, you, but that also means Baylor would have beaten Texas in that scenario, and that is blasphemous talk here. On and the they Lord haven't beaten the Bevos yet. The <laughs> Bevos got that momentum. <laughs> Quit Davis. looking ahead, Brian. Right. Bowl, Iowa State. Week. Honestly, they got even, the momentum. They go. They can go in Ames and win, and then they can roll to Waco, get a dub, hey, and one then and Tech oh, comes one and in oh. well, Thanksgiving weekend. I'm not Tom Herman. I can think big picture. And then Tech comes in at the end of the season. They take care of Tech. Tech's not Tech has shown itself to take a, take its act on the road and do pretty well. Well, before before we before we get on to next week's opponent, I, I just said that they had they have to play Baylor. I don't know who they have after Iowa State. You know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get, you have no idea. I didn't get a schedule. You're going to have to ask. I wasn't given a pocket schedule like other people. Um, let's let's put a bow on uh, what happened Saturday against the Wildcats. Uh, Texas. Got off to a terrible start. Got down fourteen to nothing uh, on a missed Brandon Jones with a missed tackle. Uh, Malik Knowles went seventy yards the other way for a score. Then Kansas State got another a pretty good drive, and they go up fourteen to nothing on another touchdown pass. But uh, Kirk defense puts the clamps on there. Todd Orlando's uh, unit allowed five of six third downs to start the game, and then not another third down conversion the rest of the way. K State finished with three hundred and four yards, which. If you saw the first two drives, you would have said they would have finished with three thousand yards. <laughs> so the fact that uh, the Bevos, uh, you know, pulled things together uh, was pretty impressive. I thought. I did too. I mean, it looked it didn't look over, but it looked shaky as hell. Fourteen nothing because the ease with which Kansas State scored, and and now that they've won and they played really really well for three and a half quarters. I, could you look at that as well? That was Brandon Jones kind of messing up because he was the the victim on both of those touchdown passes. Right, he looked bad in and open in the open and field. That, he did, and that's not going to look good on film for the next level. Guys, at all, you know, at all. But that was a seventy yarder, so it wasn't a, a eight twelve play, you know, eighty five yard drive. It was one big play, and then he got victimized again in the end zone. So, but yeah, it was, and, and you know. Ultimately, I don't know about you guys, but it it was more impressive to me then being down fourteen nothing because they were coming off three crummy weeks. They did not play well against OU, Kansas, or TCU, and for them to come out of a bye week and to start out of the gate like that, that had to be shock as hell to the coaching staff. You know they were shocked. Had to I, be. And we were up in the press box going, "Are they about to go away in twenty nineteen? Is this it? Is this Tom Herman's Waterloo?" But they Could've came. Been. But they came back, and I'm going to tell you, man. I wrote this about their leadership. The captains, the captains showed up. When you Sammy showed up. Colin, Duvernay, Roach, Zach, Shack. Yeah, those guys all showed up and and will this team to a win. I will say this: I don't think that they can fall back behind fourteen nothing in sunny Ames, Iowa this weekend. They're going to get run out of there if that happens. Better, better Texas teams than this one have gone in there and really struggled. Yeah, uh, no, I agree with you. The leadership did uh, come out big time uh, in that game, and uh, I don't know. It's they they played with a confidence that we have not seen uh, since maybe the LSU game. I mean, Oklahoma State. I'll take it back. They played well with confidence there, but the defense wasn't playing very good at all. The question I think in a lot of people's minds is, uh, well, they're playing against Skyler Thompson, okay? And for Tom Herman to say, oh, there's life in the Big 12. We go from one great quarterback to another. 
Uh, no, you don't. Okay. Stop it. Uh, uh, Skyler Thompson is not close to a great quarterback. And, uh, and so, you know, Brock Purdy is not a great quarterback. He's a, a good quarterback. He's getting better. Well, but he's all right. He's not great. <clears throat> but don't they leave the Big 12 in passing, do they? Yeah. They do, don't they? Yeah, but they don't run the ball that well. The most, the most impressive thing to me Saturday was a Texas defense that has been gashed for weeks finally was able to pull it together. Only 51 rushing yards, and that is exactly how Kansas State ran right through Oklahoma. They ran right through Kansas the following week. Uh, so for, for the Longhorns to only give up 51 yards on the ground, I thought that was pretty big. And let's be honest, I mean, it, it was a big-time moment for Todd Orlando as, to, as well. The defensive coordinator has been under fire this year because, as we've said many times on this podcast, we've all written that the defense was on pace to be the worst unit in school history. Well, guess what, guys? Got a little breaking news for you. They're no longer on pace to be the worst unit in school history. Only third worst. But that's not Hallelujah. the point. That's not the point. You do not want to be the worst defense in school history. So are they going to be ranking behind the Chucky Strong defenses of of 2016 and 2017? 2015, 2016. 2015 uh, is the record holder. Oh, yeah. Right? So for week, many many a week now, Tom Herman and T.O. have have uh, held that distinction of knocking Charlie and Vance out of the way. But no more. No have, more. Have calls. they planned the parade route? Do we know what day it is yet? You know. Well, there was there was a uh, there was a Veterans Day parade okay. today, but there wasn't a Texas parade. Now, I guess that, you're gonna be on sure. Bevo Boulevard. I we guess, appreciate so. you, Vets. We appreciate you. Yeah. Yes, we do. No, no cat stories coming out of Todd Orlando, that's for sure. But look, here's the thing: going forward, you know, we made such a big deal about how it, they were up against the ropes. Tom Herman liked to use the boxing analogy, and it was very it was very fitting last week, no doubt about it. But said. Here they are, once again, exact same situation as last week. They've got to fight their way off the ropes if they want to remain relevant in 2019. And the, and the next time they really impress us on the road will be the first time. They haven't... They haven't oh, they look they, good they, against Rice. They, they haven't raised they eyebrows. Rice. They haven't raised eyebrows on the road since, <laughs> since we left New Orleans. And so it's going to have to be a comprehensive type win with no turnover. Sammy's going to have to lead the way. You're going to have to continue to get that cold weather. Good running and good defense translates to cold weather. Can Keontae Ingram keep it up? When did he get up to 230? Tom's talking about he's – is he really 230 he now? He sure doesn't look like it to me. No. Is it you? He looked pretty big when you and I were talking to him. He looked big, but, boy, 230 – I mean, not talking Jerome Bettis here, but uh, he didn't seem that big to me, no. especially as explosive he is. And he showed a burst that we haven't seen from him this year, and he was running hard. I don't know whose question. Was it your question to Tom? I was about, about to say, yeah, I was about Keontae to go Ingram. Brian Davis. Did, did Keontae like, say? I'm still here. I'm still here. That was oh, a no, great no, question. No, no, that had nothing to do with and it. I, you know what? That's and baloney. I, you know what? And I couldn't believe he dismissed it. Yeah. I, I, because they're about competition. You would yes. think he'd welcome that. He'd yes. say, yeah, this upstart, I mean, Roshan. I call pants on, on fire on that one. I do too. That's to, that, I thought that was total BS because all we've talked about is, well, Roshan Johnson, why didn't Roshan play more against TCU? Roshan, Roshan, Roshan. And then all we've heard for two weeks is, well, you know, we're getting Jordan Whittington back, who didn't play, by the way. Right. Did not play, by the way. And all that happened was 26 went out there and, and reminded people why he was listed as RB1 from the very beginning. Yeah. He, and he played like it, and he ran hard. He ran angry. That one, how long was that touchdown? Like 34, 34, yards? 34 yards? Oh, yeah. He, he looked, had some dips and acceleration and, and, and separated. He, 
That that was probably his best run of the year, I thought. Oh yeah, absolutely. had to be. He had looked, to be. He looked in terms tremendous. Of, in terms of anger, yeah, he did. absolutely. And and I think all three of us agree. I mean, he's been motivated by Roshan. Oh sure. You know, it's like he did not want to lose his job. So, but well, he played well. Well, Keontae has twice now set new career highs. Uh, the newest one coming Saturday uh, against K State. Sixteen carries, one hundred and thirty nine yards, two TDs, and guys. The most impressive thing, obviously, is that average eight point seven yards per carry that's the guy that they wanted all along that's the carthage guy yeah absolutely and he finally looked like that is the pride of carthage let's uh before we run out of time here this week we want to switch it up and talk about the pride of cooley pavilion as well texas basketball gets a fairly massive impressive whatever word you want to use win big win this week against number 23 purdue texas 70 uh, Purdue sixty six. I thought you were talking about the hundred and thirty million when you said massive. Well, we'll get to that in a hot hot second too. But look, guys, a big time road win for Shaka's crew. Forty percent from the three. Matt Coleman goes off for twenty two. Andrew Jones helps close the thing down with four big free throws in the last thirty seconds. He's a man. I gotta say, from a, from a non conference perspective, this has been one of this might be one of his biggest wins since in his tenure. Here's but here's here's non conference road win. I think it here's is his biggest win. It is, and here's the shock of playbook. Great non conference win. Hope, <laughs> Where are you going? Hope springs eternal. Where are you going? And then and then they just don't get it done. That's been his story. Uh I lo- I loved that win. I lo- I loved what I saw from Jericho Sims. I loved what I saw from Andrew Jones, who didn't have a lot of shot attempts making four straight free throws. How about the Texas Longhorns, like 7-7 seven seven down the stretch from the line? Yep. When is the last time that happened? They went 13 Duh, for 16. That's how you close. That's how you beat good teams. 13 for 16. You make your throws. Spot. And like Shaka said, they had five stops in a row down the stretch. And you look at the assists, 18 assists on 24 field goals. You know, it was just super impressive. It just This was the way Shaka Smart was losing you know, for the first four years, close games, you can't finish, can't make the free throws, just zany stuff goes wrong. But he, maybe they've turned the page because I think all three of us were just super impressed and happy for Shaka. Well, and to me, it's it was this game. You know, look, I, look, let's, I'm not going to try to fool anyone and say that Northern Colorado is Kentucky, okay? But it was the way that they played, the way they spread the ball around, the way that they got uh, everyone involved in that game, uh, and then to do it with this, they should have two wins this week. They've got uh, uh, California Baptist. Don't coming overlook CBU, dog. Coming in here on Tuesday. A much better team than anyone really knows about. It's only Scored 112 s- points last game. I know, it's don't overlook their, them. It's only their second year as a right. div- Division One program. Right. And then Prairie View on Friday. So two more wins. And and uh, said, I don't, know if, I don't know if you saw this, but I looked this up Sunday, Ken Palm now has Texas up to 22 in their I Division One power rankings. That's the highest Texas has been in the Shaka era. The computers like what they see. Yeah, because when you beat good people on the road, that gets everybody's attention. Had they beaten Purdue here, that would have been a big win. But to but to go to West Lafayette and win in November? And to do a, it that way. And to do it that way. Trailing. And, and, and to look like a team that, that, that was supposed to win that game. Yeah. When we got back up from interviews, Duck, they were down like 62-57. Right. They had been up when right. we went down. And I go, oh, man, they've given it away. And here they come. Jericho Sims, big hustle plays. Andrew Jones making his free throws. Jace Febris with a big three. Big three. Yeah. Big three. They they look like a team that, that has 
a lot of belief. And Matt Coleman is playing pretty good. Oh, out he the played shoot. great. Twenty two points, so seven assists. He's always the guy. He's always the guy I look at like uh He comes when, and when, goes. He when, comes when, and when goes. When are you gonna become that consistent performer yeah. that Shaka believed you to be? So the way he started out the season, man, everything's looking pretty rosy. I'm going to the Cal Baptist game. I need to well, see how what's could up. you miss it? I mean, I won't. Even are you going, circle, Doug? You uh, going? I'll probably miss it. I may be at home watching on the Longhorn Network, but I like this team. Two games in, I'm not afraid to say I like this team. I don't see a one and done, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I like the overall team. I like the parts they have, different ways to score. And these guys are playing with confidence, even though they haven't won anything in the past. So I don't know. It's an athletic team. It's not a big, bulky, strong front court team that's going to bully anybody. But they got a lot of athleticism. They got a lot of length on their wings. So I think this team, uh, you know, could turn the corner. Here's my question to you, Sed. Is it? And this is something I cannot get out of my head. Kirk touched on it. No one, in, no one and done guy. Is it possible, with no real "quote unquote" star, this is this does become Shaka's best team? Well, the bar is pretty low, <laughs> so yeah, I would say I mean, so. Look, you, now, now, I admit, because you got to remember, you got to remember, uh, uh, Jackson Hayes rarely started, right? And, Not for half a year, and Mo Bamba didn't come on till conference. So I mean I can't believe I'm saying that because I, I think he might think be better it, off not coaching stars. Yes, that's that's my point. That's and, my point. And and will the bean counters care about that as long as he's delivering a good product? I mean, it's almost like he's a Mark Few type where he's he's getting these guys that are all six seven, six eight, that hustle and pretty good guards. But with that said, if a lottery pick wants to come to Texas, Shaka will roll out that red carpet. I'm Absolutely, sure. yeah, you have to. But I don't know. It just seemed like a pretty close team. He's talking about, you know, Andrew Jones as a leader at the press conference today. He talked about Donovan Williams played one minute uh, at Mackey Arena. I was very disappointed two. about that, by the way. And, and, and then he comes back and they land at one thirty, and he's at Denton Cooley Gym practicing, and so because he wants to play, he wants to play, and he's going to play. So I think, I think. He's going to have a deep bench, too. I think he's going to have some choices to play. I think Will Baker's going to be better than he's shown so far. And we even talk about Gerald Lydell, the kid who barely played last year. He right lighten it up. Lighten you it know, up. He had the third most shots in that game. And uh, I, I think this is the makings of, of a good team. And given, given this uh, coach's history at this school, you, he can't have enough playmakers. No. He, he needs as many playmakers as possible. Andrew Jones's emergence early in the season. I mean, I'm think I'm thinking some really scary thoughts that I'm just going to keep to myself right now. I think they might be really good. Well, let's well, real quick. Uh, this is this is uh, the signing period week. Yeah. And just just so you know, Texas basketball will not, or at least is not expected to sign anyone this week. They have the they only have one scholarship available. They are hoping, or they they would like it if Greg Brown. Uh, the five-star forward from <laughs> Vandergriff would sign on the dotted line, but that's no. probably not going to happen. Of course but, they would. Exactly. So the number one player in the state is probably going to keep his options open. And which, they have no seniors. And they have no seniors. So that's probably smart from his part. But listen, before we get out of here, let's wrap it up with football. Uh, said you and I are going to go to the uh, maybe it's frozen, maybe it's not tundra. Of, with with of Daniel Amos, Davis. Iowa. With Daniel with, Davis. With, with yeah. Daniel Davis, exactly. We'll go to Jack Trice Stadium. So, Kirk, we'll start with you. What happens this weekend in Ames? Huh. I hate when you ask that on Monday. Uh, 
I was stunned a little bit when. Just tell them where you're leaning, dog. Iowa State was a seven point favorite. That just really stunned me. I. Okay. As of Monday, I'm leaning toward Iowa State because Texas has been wildly inconsistent all year. And Iowa State's four losses by 11 points. Three of the losses were by four points. So it's, they've been on the cusp of a really good team, of being a good team. Where's so, your faith, Bowles? It was where's your, uh, where's your faith in the Longhorns? So, all right, so you're picking Iowa State too? Probably. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> I know you. I might pick Iowa State. I'm leaning towards Iowa State because I am too. this team just hasn't shown me enough away from home. Right. Uh, yeah, it was a gut check Saturday against K-State. But uh, if they go in there and win, then then I'll know that, that, that they are as mentally tough away from home as they are at home. Right now, uh, gun to my head, I'm picking Iowa State. Who you got, BD? Well, I think this will be a dramatic step up in weight class. For these guys, I mean, let's look. Skyler nice, Thompson, more boxing analogies. Nice. Exactly, Skyler Thompson came in uh, as one of the lowest-rated quarterbacks in the Big Twelve. Didn't he, he last? Right, and then and then he tore it up in the first half against this secondary. Right, but uh, Brock Purdy is not last. He's at the top. Yeah. actually, twenty touchdowns, uh, seven picks, an right. excellent quarterback rating. He's done very well. He's he's probably going to go over three thousand yards uh, this week with just a normal. Uh, he's got he's got twenty eight fifty essentially right yeah. now. So he'll probably go over 3,000 for the season. This will be a huge, huge step up in weight class uh, for the Texas defense. And I'm with you, Kirk. Right now, uh, I'm probably I'm an Iowa State lean, but I could be convinced the other way. It would take some convincing. And you know what's funny? Because you picked K-State to win, didn't I did. You? And, and remember Tuesday when we were interviewing the players, I can't remember if you were there or not, said... We thought they were going to get killed. They looked flat as hell. There was no pep, no spark, no energy. They looked bad. But And I wrestled with... I finally picked Texas, but I think, like said, it was like home field advantage, two weeks off. Sam pissed off because of his four interceptions, and the defense can't play any worse. So that's why I finally went with Texas more than a great deal of faith in them. But uh, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. Some yeah, reason I picked them. But it's hard to do it two weeks in a row, especially on the road, on the road where on they the haven't road. played that well. They're playing Iowa State here. I'd pick them. Yeah. I just would. It's like every game is a barometer for their season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Said, do you have faith in your coat that you're going to wear this weekend? Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing out. I'm bringing out the uh, three quarter length cashmere wool blend. I want yep. to see. I want to see you in a fur coat. Yeah, why don't you have a fur coat? Because I can't afford it. I work at the states. Fake fur? Well, you know what? You know, you know. The diva has some fake fur. You can borrow some from her. So <laughs> you could put on your fur coat, and I know where you could go have dinner. You could go down to Zaxby's because this is Longhorn Confidential, brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. I'm Brian Davis. This has been Longhorn Confidential.